Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth. Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. Okay, we got uh, 8 November, Sunday. Time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And before we get into too many articles, I would like to first wish a happy birthday to my friend Joe Bellicino. It's his uh, 70th birthday yesterday, and uh, so Manny and I send you our love. And uh, let's see here, what else do we have? Um, If you know anybody in Alberta, in the Calgary area, if you want to give your email to me, I can send it on to my friend Jeremy, and he wants to just meet up with anybody that attends a superior word in that area if you want to get together. He's a great guy. He calls me from time to time. And uh, so if you are in the Calgary area of Alberta, just let me know if you want to get together and uh, have some fellowship with another superior word person. So there you go with that. And then our first category, as always, is Israel. Before I uh, get into that, I'd like to welcome back a couple of people that were just here a month and a half ago. It wasn't too long ago. It's Don and Pam. They uh, are uh, retired out of the military and they're living in the area of Fort Bragg, but they're down here again for another week. They're here for more punishment, so welcome to you. And uh, let's stay here. Let me, uh, I want to get something on my iPad. And we'll... Hey, there they are. How you guys doing there? Hello, doing wonderful. Hello from Israel. We got Sergio and Rhoda from Israel, and apparently you guys have done something again this year that people might be interested in. Can you tell me what it is? Yes, what Rhoda says, I'll bring it. He's bringing it. He's bringing it. (laughs) We'd rather see your face anyway. You're prettier. Hey, look at that, 21, 2021 calendar. Good deal. See that? Yeah. Yes. And it's very exciting because um, uh, Rhoda's I mean, worked so much on preparing the verses. Each day has a verse, and so it just kind of encourages your day as you start. Sometimes we memorize them, and we had this in 2020, uh, uh, one that Rhoda done for last year. And uh, this year, the images are different. This year, we changed the images to all from northern Israel. And from like a springtime, so it's all green, it's all very beautiful. And it's, uh, we just got, you got yours, right? You got I got it right in my lap. I'm going to show oh, them as yeah, soon as okay. you... you can show that better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can only hold one thing at a time, though. I got an iPad with two people on it. You guys are get, gaining weight, apparently, because you're getting heavy. <laughs> anyway, um, just too wanted to... The, the what? Too much slacking. Yeah, too much slacking. That's it. Well, I wanted the folks on the Prophecy Update to know that they have that available to them if they want to order one, and I'll give them the details uh, when I uh, we say goodbye to you. But uh, go ahead and say hi to everybody in the church, and then we'll let you guys get back to whatever you're doing. God bless you. Uh, all right. We love you guys. Take care. Love you too. All right. Bye-bye. Good stuff. Okay, so we have... Um, uh, 2021 calendar from Sergio and Rhoda, and they did this last year, and as I said, it's got a theme each month, like the month of uh, January, so it's a new beginning, and then every verse on each day will match that. And they don't make any money off of this. They make zero money. They're selling it at the, the value that it is charged to them for, and it comes directly to you if you order it. And you go to their um, email address, snrisrael.com, and uh, 
you can order it there. And I think it's $11. And what they've done is they've taken all of the photos from it, from the uh, uh, video that they did of Northern Israel, one of their most beautiful videos that they did. And this is, you can see the river going through uh, the Bashan and you got horses here and then you got some with mountains and some of Galilee. And uh, anyway, I just wanted to promote that because they're not making money. If they were, I would not do that. But this is just something that she has done as a labor of love for the second year in a row. And it's a wonderful effort. And I got the only one in the world with an error on it. They sent it to me to uh, quality check it to make sure that it was the right quality before it got sent out. And then uh, I got one. It has a little error on the back page, and I told them to get it corrected. They did, and so there's no errors in any of the typing or anything on it. But I have the unique one in the world, which will uh, be here at the church, or maybe Hedico will abscond with it and take it home. But there you go with that. So, um, yes. What's that? How was your head? My head. It's fine. Why? Yesterday. Yeah, I know. You know, we got an update going. They don't want to hear about that. I I got a little bit of a concussion two two nights ago, and my head is still ringing like a bell. It's very bad. And uh, I may make it through the whole day, or I may just get the update and the sermon up and then go to bed again, because I slept a lot yesterday. But... uh, yeah, that's what happens when you have a bedroom that's dark and a door that's open, and it was like this, and I walked right into it, and it hit me right on the head, and it it, it was, yeah, anyway. Yeah, made my day, yeah. It lit up the night, I'll tell you that. Dark in the bedroom, and it got light real quick. Anyway, our first category, as always, is Israel. And we have from MIG News, we have uh, Israel State of Emergency Extended Until January. Oh, before we go on, I'll I'll read that article in a minute. I'm not going to talk about the elections at all. There's no point, okay? We're in a state of flux. Uh, As Jim noted in our opening comments today, they did this on the weekend for a reason. It's to get people riled up, but they have no authority to proclaim Biden, the president of the United States. Okay. And so they can't do that. And as Ron said, even earlier before our opening comments is that, uh, you know, if God wants to get the glory out of this and he, he may let this go, it may stand that uh, the left is going to win this election. But if that is not the case, now he's going to get all the more glory out of it. If in fact, this turns to Trump. So we'll just wait and see, you know, and I will say one more thing, and this is going to upset 57.3% of the people that watch this update, and that's okay. I do not believe in further prophetic revelation, okay? I believe that the Bible is written and that we do not get further prophetic revelation. All these prophets that have made prophecies, and they've all been false, don't send those to me. I don't care about them. I, I hold to the Word of God alone. The Bible tells us that prophecy is ended, okay? We don't need people prophesying things and claiming things. And so, just so you know, that's where I stand on that because I believe in the Word of God and what it says. In former times, he spoke through prophets and blah, 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 and says that in the book of Hebrews, and he no longer does that. The Bible is written, the word amen at the end of it means amen. It's written. It's done. And we will let the Lord be the Lord and not make prophecies. So please don't send me that kind of stuff. If the Lord wants us to prevail in this election, we will. And if he doesn't, we won't. That's all there is to it. He is at the end and he knows. And so there's no point in being anxious or stressed or anything about this election. But we'll go on from there. That's all my comments on the election. Um, Israel's state of emergency extended until January. 
The Israeli government has approved an extension of the state of emergency until January. This is stated in a joint statement by the prime minister's office and the Ministry of Health. The government approved over the telephone the extension of the state of emergency due to coronavirus for another 60 days from November 5th, 2020 until July 3rd of 2021. Now, we have the same state of emergency up in the state of New York. They have ruined their economy. Okay, New York City is a goner. And all of a sudden yesterday, Bill de Blasio, who is the one that's enforced this on these poor people, and Cuomo, they're out there not social distancing. They're hanging around with people and celebrating and acting like a bunch of fools. So um, I walked into Publix today and when I was buying the flowers and the food for all of you and back and uh, a lot of nummy stuff. I wish you all were here, but you're not. So anyway, um, uh, while I was there, I said to the girl behind the counter, which I never bring up politics, but I said, uh, oh, I'm so glad the coronavirus is going to end after this. And she said, me too. She's got her mask on because she's required to. And it was obvious by her following statements that she's very conservative. So now I have somebody that I can go in and, you know, uh, speak to on Sunday morning. So I've been speaking to for years, but I've never mentioned that. But um, there you go. She understands this as well, that this is just a, a thing that has happened and our life is going to uh, get back to normal here shortly. Um, from Wynette, Israel's unemployment soars beyond 20%. Talk about shooting yourself in the foot over nothing. According to data published by Israel's Central Bureau of Statistics on Monday, 1,079,500 registered as unemployed during the first half of October, of whom 832,600 are believed to have been directly affected by the coronavirus crisis and were either fired or furloughed. The Bureau reported the unemployment for the first half of October before the government began easing the lockdown restrictions, ranged somewhere between 20.7 and 22.7%. This is compared to 17.1% registered in the second half of September when the second lockdown was first implemented, an increase of over 160,000 jobless. If those who have been unemployed since the first lockdown in March are added to this list, the number for the second half of September it rises to 19.1%. Former Director General of the Finance Ministry and current Economic Advisor to the National Security Council in the fight against the pandemic, Yorom Ariav, told Ynet that Israel is on the verge of an economic catastrophe, adding the government must act as soon as possible to reduce the growing unemployment numbers. So there you go. They understand that this is not the healthiest thing in the world to be doing. And, you know, Sergio, who we just talked to, went to the government statistics and he showed, they have a graph. He showed me the graph of the people that have died from this coronavirus. And the median age right now, it's higher than it was before. I think it's 88 years. And the average age of expectancy, life expectancy in Israel is 84 years. And the numbers are everybody. I mean, almost all of them are from 88 to 109 or something that have died of coronavirus. And the rest of them are very, very, very few that have died at a lower age. And so they've ruined their economy over something that, just like in America, is not really an issue. From the Jerusalem Post, Israel receives approval to begin fruit and vegetable exports to the UAE. That's good news. The authorization follows a series of meetings and coordination between Agriculture and Rural Development Minister Alon Schuster, ministry employees, and the UAE Ministry for Climate Change and the Environment. 
The ministry hopes to begin exports by early November. Israel faces, which is right now, folks, so maybe they're going to start shipping them right away. The ministry hopes to begin exports by early November. Israel faces intense competition in the European export market, according to the ministry, which makes the possibility to export to the UAE a significant opportunity for Israeli vegetable growers. This is especially true given the fact that the UAE market is based on imports and agricultural imports to the UAE are valued around $10 billion a year. The ministry analyzed the potential export opportunities to the UAE and found that it has a lot of potential for Israeli exports. Due to Israel's proximity to the UAE, Israel can be a competitive exporter. Additionally, 80% of agricultural consumption is of imported goods and there is a demand for healthy organic produce so there you go good news for israel on that front and um it just came to mind that you know in the book of isaiah it says that uh, when israel's back in the land that they would ship fruit to the whole world and we're seeing that they've been doing it they ship stuff to america they ship it to europe they are now even shipping it to their neighbors who wouldn't talk to them a couple minutes ago so good stuff there from reuters israel hails new dominican republic may move embassy to Jerusalem. The Dominican Republic's foreign ministry said in the statement it was evaluating the step at the request of the local Jewish community, noting that its embassy in Israel had been in Jerusalem until 1980. The announcement came just two months into a new Dominican admin led by President Louis Abinadar, I guess is how you pronounce that, the grandson of Lebanese immigrants. Since taking power, Abid Nader has described as very special the country's relationship with the United States, the Dominican Republic's main trade partner. The Dominican declaration followed on the heels of other Latin American countries that have recently moved their embassy to Jerusalem or are considering it. Guatemala moved its embassy to Jerusalem, and Honduras has said it aims to do so by the end of 2020, which is coming soon to an end of year near you. Brazil is also mulling the move. So you can see our president, you know, I, I just feel so bad that we have these Christians in this nation that were unwilling to vote for the president. They were unwilling to support a man that has one supported Israel to the very end. I mean, the first people that he had at the embassy or at the White House was uh, Netanyahu and I mean a couple other people, but it was right at the beginning of his administration. He's done every single thing to support that nation, to help them and to give them the benefits that they need. And then he's supported Christians, unlike any president in my recent history that I remember, he's been just a wonderful president. Every promise that he vowed to do, every promise that he made, he has fulfilled. Every one of them. And the ones that weren't actually fulfilled was because judges stopped it, not because he didn't implement it. So I just feel very bad that there are people that call themselves Christians out there. They're not very good ones, I'll tell you that, that are unwilling to step forward and to support an administration that has done what our president has done. Anyway, Christian News. Um, before we get into our first article, I have something to read you. I usually highlight people that finish the book of Genesis. This guy happened to have some nice comments, and I cut them down. They were a little long, but Ryan Andrews is currently serving in Anchorage in the United States Air Force as a tech sergeant, which is what I got out as. I was, uh, uh, I got out after nine years, four months, and 15 days, and I was a tech sergeant at the time. He is an aircraft hydraulic mechanic by trade but he is performing unit deployment manager duties right now. He said, I started listening to your prophecy update years ago, 
and then started your Genesis sermons after hearing constant pestering from you on your prophecy updates to get into the Word of God. So he actually followed through with what I said. He said, thank you for that, by the way. Prophecy updates are good, but God's Word is great. So I started listening here and there, mostly before bed. Now, this next comment made me laugh, and that's why I included all of this. But as I would listen, I would fall asleep. Well, I can do that to a person, I'll tell you that. He said, most of the time. It was like falling asleep at church, which happens here. I, half the congregation is asleep right now. So anyway, he said, uh, at church, I didn't get everything, so I had to start the sermons over sometimes. I've been listening for the past eight months or so to all your Genesis sermons, and I am excited to start Exodus next. I have laughed with you and cried with you and have been so blessed by your sermons. So if you're watching Prophecy Updates and that's all you're watching, you, and I'm not asking you to watch the Superior Word sermons. You just pick a church and start watching the sermons. Stop watching 57 Prophecy Updates a week because you're getting bad information. You're getting people that prophesy things that aren't true. You're getting all kinds of goofy stuff from around the world. You know, pick a couple good prophecy updates, sticking with the Superior Word Prophecy Update, and then start watching the sermons. And I guarantee you that if you watch the Superior Word sermons, you will be blessed. So please do that. From, and otherwise, you have no idea about your theology. You have no idea if you're being told the right thing or the wrong thing, because if you don't know the Word of God, if you're not reading it, you're just at everybody's mercy. So that's good my... Pestering. Yeah, Yeah, good pestering there. Okay, Christian Post. Federal judge rules Colorado's mask mandate restrictions on churches are unconstitutional. Good job. Judge Danielle Domenico, who was appointed to the bench by President Donald Trump in 2019, issued the ruling earlier this month after Denver Bible Church in Wheat Ridge and Community Baptist Church in Brighton challenged several worship restrictions implemented by the state in the wake of the coronavirus pandemic. According to Domenico, the Constitution does not allow a state to tell a congregation how it can be when comparable secular gatherings are not so limited, or to tell a congregation that its reason for wishing to remove facial coverings is less important than a restaurant or a spa. With each exception Colorado makes for secular institutions, the failure to make the same exception for houses of worship becomes increasingly problematic, he added. Domenico also stressed that the state does not have the power to decide which tasks are a necessary part of an individual's religious worship. This is one reason why what Donald Trump has done is so good. He has appointed hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of federal judges, and these people are going to make their mark over the next four years if this crummy administration gets put in. Or if Trump stays in, they will be able to support his decisions. We'll wait and see what happens. But either way, he has done exactly for this nation what he should have done, Then I'm proud of our president. MSN. Pope criticizes people who complain about pandemic restrictions. Yeah, Pope Francis called for patience and solidarity while criticizing those who complain about restrictive measures during the coronavirus pandemic. He praised what he called urban heroes who take responsibility toward others and look for a concrete solution so no one is left behind. On the other hand, we have an increase in numbers of those who mercilessly profited from the misfortune of others, those who think only about themselves, who protested or complained about certain restrictive measures, unable to accept that not everyone has the same abilities and resources to face the pandemic. So here he's siding with the left on this, and then what does the left do as soon as Trump is uh, supposedly voted out, which isn't decided yet, they all go out and they start parting with the people that they're supposed to be protecting. So. It, 
this pope has no idea what he's talking about. Countries trying to salvage their economies risk forgetting that an authentic development must promote all people and humans as a whole. We need change. The pandemic brought our organizational and developmental models into a crisis. It exposed many injustices, the troubling silence and social and health failures, subjecting a great number of our brothers to the processes of social exclusion and degradation, the Pope said. He just rambles on about nothing, and he says things that have no basis in reality at all. That's the Pope. Panama Post. This is kind of an interesting article. I don't know if you've been following what's been going on in Chile, but in Chile... God is dead is the prelude to totalitarianism. The demonstration commemorating the anniversary of the protests in Chile ended up with two churches burned down. The news of burned churches in Chile spread across the world, but it is not something that has begun now, nor will it stop. This has been happening for years, and I can't pronounce the name of this city, but it's been happening in this place, and it has spread to Santiago and Valparaiso. Since the social explosion that began in October of 2019, in the first month of the uprising, emblematic cultural heritage cathedrals and at least seven evangelical temples were burned down. The advocates of the approval of the change of the Constitution in Chile have shown that their change of system requires the destruction of all remnants linked to the history of the nation. For them, destroying the church as the moral basis of society is paramount. I'm telling you this because if the left does win this election, this is the inevitable course that every nation takes when they turn further and further and further to the left. So what's happening in Chile could happen in the United States in the next four years, or it may be as the left gets more power. Right now, we're very fortunate that the Senate is very uh, close. They do not have a majority where they can ruin this nation and, uh, you know, pack the courts. Because if they could, this would be happening tomorrow in the United States. When I say tomorrow, I mean, you know, as soon as they get into office. Anyway, above all, because the ideological foundation of the constitutional change is to give divine gifts to the state from giver of life to messenger of manna from heaven. The Communist Party of Chile and its associates have sown among young people the idea that the state has the power to not only govern morality, but that it can and should govern and deliver even goods and services. So much so that they intend to achieve their long-awaited equality through a constitution that guarantees social rights, exactly what the left has been saying they're going to do. In the words of Henry Hazlitt, Marxism is not only belligerently atheistic, but seeks to destroy religion precisely because it believes it to be the opium of the people. For example, because it supports a bourgeoisie morality that deprecates the systematic deceit, lying, treachery, lawlessness, confiscation, violence. God is dead, we read on the walls of the temples in the southern country, echoing the German philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche. What left-wing activists in Chile are unaware of is that Nietzsche's phrase is not a celebration, but a lament. They are the words of a wounded man, having lost his father, a man of faith. Nietzsche warned how with God's death, the coldest monster would emerge with greater power, the state. The French philosopher Albert Camus emphasized on the German's words to point out how while the state cannot give life, it takes on the divine power to take life by force. And there have been people in the left media that have actually been calling for the murder of the Republicans. Anybody that sided with Trump and nobody has said a word about it. What's that? Robert 
Robert Reich. I mean, these people are openly saying this now, and this is exactly what is happening in Chile, and it's coming soon to an America near you if things don't get under control quickly. From the Mideast Africa, from the Times of Israel, White House informs Congress of plans to sell as many as 50 F-35s to the UAE. Now, this has to be approved by Congress if it will harm Israel's military advantage, but Israel's talking now about getting the YF-22, which would put them ahead, so it will not harm them. And this is all because our president has been in this process and he is helping this nation. This may all end. Who knows what's going to happen now if the election goes the other way. We'll continue to wait and see. The Trump admin has updated Congress of its intent to sell F-35 advanced fighter jets to the UAE. The informal notification to the House Foreign Affairs Committee revealed that the White House plans to sell as many as 50 units of the Lockheed Martin-made jets for roughly $10.4 billion. Israel has ordered the same number of F-35s from the United States, though not all of them have yet been transferred. The informal notification was a courtesy that is not technically required of the White House. However, it has been effective policy for decades to consult with the Senate Foreign Relations and House Foreign Affairs Committees before an official notification of a weapon sale is submitted to Congress. This gives lawmakers an opportunity to raise objections and even try and block a particular transfer. The update is still an early step in the process, and a formal notification from the State Department to Congress is still required. Reuters reported that the White House is hoping to submit the formal notification in December. At that point, lawmakers will have 30 days to produce a resolution to block the sale, though two-thirds of Congress would be needed to override a presidential veto. There you go with that. Very interesting stuff. Zero Hedge. U.S. seizes the largest ever haul of Iranian missiles and oil, enough for a large military force. Yeah, the U.S. revealed it has previously seized a major shipment of Iranian missiles bound for Yemen, and separately that it seized and later sold 1.1 million barrels of Iranian fuel bound for Venezuela. Reports described the seizure was accomplished by two U.S. warships in regional waters that apprehended a total of 171 guided anti-tank missiles, eight surface-to-air missiles, and associated equipment. These actions represent the government's largest ever forfeitures actions for fuel and weapons shipments from Iran, the Justice Department said. Also, the Treasury Department and State Department slapped sanctions on 11 different entities connected to the Iranian fuel shipments and sales and sanctions-busting operations. The DOJ identified that it as top IRGC operatives behind the clandestine shipments of fuel and weapons. The 1.1 million barrels of fuel had been previously reported as seized by U.S. authorities in August. Initially diverted to Houston, some of it was offloaded in New York. The U.S. has now confirmed it sold the petroleum, which I talked about a week ago, from four tankers at a price of over $40 million. According to AFP, much of the proceeds from the sale would go to a U.S. fund for victims of state-sponsored terrorism. U.S. courts have ordered Iran's clerical regime to pay damages over attacks, most recently in July when a judge told Tehran to pay $879.1 million over a 1996 bombing in Saudi Arabia that killed 19 U.S. airmen. Iran denies responsibility and states it has no intention of paying saying that the U.S. should instead compensate for past episodes, including its support of Saddam Hussein in the Iran-Iraq war. Authorities also said the Navy had confiscated other weapons, components, and enough blasting caps 
to approximately supply the U.S. military forces for a year, leading law enforcement to believe these blasting caps were intended for a large military force. So that's a little roundup of what's been going on. And the reason why I included that this week is because the supposed president-elect Biden is saying he is going to get right back into the JCPOA. He's going to start siding with the Iranians and against normalcy once again. He's also said they'll immediately get back into that climate change thing, the uh, whatever it was called that uh, uh, Trump pulled us out of. He's going to do all these things and undo a lot. But I will say this. President Trump has been issuing executive orders continuously. And the reason why he's doing that, one of the reasons why he is doing that is because they're very hard to overturn, okay? If they are proved by the judiciary to be valid, they are very hard to be overturned. And so by doing that, he is making the life of the next administration very difficult. So we want to give him hats off to that. And any of those that he puts out in the next month and a half, if he is not reelected, will be only for the benefit of the United States of America. So don't be disappointed, you know, whatever happens. I mean, if he's not our president in two or three months or whatever, whenever the election is over and he's out, so be it. Okay, the main thing is that they did not get the Senate and they will not destroy the judiciary, the uh, Supreme Court. And that was the main concern of mine when they were talking about, you know, going in and, uh, you know, loading up the uh, Supreme Court. If they cannot do that, then this will be just like the Obama administration. It'll be a disaster for America. It'll be four years of misery. And then after that, we'll be on to other things. So we'll just wait and see where things go. Okay, from the Times of Israel. Stigmatized by attacks, French Muslims feel they're being held responsible. Well, you go cutting off people's head and killing a bunch of people, then you, you got to be held responsible. Mail online. Vienna gunman, 20, who killed four and wounded 17, was released early from prison on terror charges because of his age. He had wanted to join ISIS in Syria, but was deemed incapable of an attack. And so... I guess these people actually didn't really die that died in Vienna this past week. I, it makes no sense what people are doing and allowing in this world, but there you go. And this is what they want. They've already said they're going to open up the refugees again into America if they get the administration. We went down from 174,000, I think, under the previous president, and we're down to 19,000. I think I got a report on that coming. Yeah, it's right here. But now they want to open the floodgates again. And after having people killed all over the world, they want to do that here again. Epic Times, U.S. lowers refugee limit to 15,000. The White House has reduced the number of refugees that the U.S. will accept during fiscal year 2021, which they cannot change, to 15,000. The number includes 6,000 spots that were unfilled this year due to the coronavirus-19 pandemic. So subtract that and you're down to, uh, what, six uh, 9,000. Good job, President Trump. In fiscal 2019, President Donald Trump set the refugee cap at 18,000 and at the same time issued an executive order that said cities and states had to opt in to receive refugees. If you don't want them, they ain't going to get come to you. All right. The admin has split the 15,000 allocation of refugees into different categories, including 5,000 refugees based on religious persecution, which means mostly Christians, at least under our president. 4,000 Iraqis who have assisted in U.S. national security, 1,000 refugees from El Salvador, Guatemala, or Honduras, and 5,000 refugees from other categories and locations, including those from Hong Kong, good, Venezuela, or Cuba. 
Trump has barred refugees from certain high-risk areas of terrorist presence or control, including Somalia, Syria, and Yemen, except those of special humanitarian concern. He has done everything that he should have done that a Christian would say, I am going to continue to support this man. And yet we have people that are unwilling to do so. I don't want to hear from those people. I don't even want to hear from them because of their their lack of... Arrogance is one thing, but it's their lack of biblical understanding. They are feely good Christians that think that, you know, the Bible is just a book that gives us generalities of how to conduct our lives when it is the rule and authority of the Christian's conduct. Anyway, Mongolia. Railway Gazette. TMH locomotives arrive in Mongolia. Ooh. Ulaanbaatar Railway took delivery of two more TEM-18DM diesel shunting locomotives. Under a contract signed in 2019, Bryansk is due to supply 10 TEM-18DMs and 14 2TE25KM two-section diesel locomotives for mainline freight services. That's a lot of lot of uh, exercise of the uh, mouth muscles there, all due to be delivered by mid-2021. The National Railway already has 15 TEM-18DMs delivered in 2011 through 2019 and 15 2TE-25KMs supplied in 2017 through 20. Owned jointly by the governments of Mongolia and Russia, with Russian stake managed by RZD, the 1520-millimeter gauge Ulaanbaatar Railway reported a total freight volume of 27 million tons in 2019, a 4% increase on the previous year. So good stuff for Mongolia. Daniel 12 Technology. Popular Mechanics says the Army's mind-bending. Okay, we got a guy that retired from the Army here. He's visiting again, and he used to shoot off artillery. Okay, do you know what the current longest artillery is? It's about 20 miles, right? 30 kilometers. That's, I think that's exactly what it is. Okay, listen to this. This will make his hair fall out. Oh, wait, it already has. Okay. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm as bald as I can be. I can say that. Um, only on the sides. All right, the U.S. Army is working on a new long-range cannon it claims can reach out and strike targets at up to 1,100 and 50 miles. If the technology works, the Strategic Long Range Cannon, SLRC, promises the ability to fire 50 times farther than existing guns. But the new gun has also the potential to bring back a dormant class of big gun warships, once thought gone for good. Now, there's a reason for this, and they explain it, so hold on a second here. The Mighty Battleship with an effective range of 1,000 nautical miles at 1,150 miles, that is about 1,130 miles farther than existing guns. The SLRC could be a truly revolutionary breakthrough in artillery warfare. The Army hasn't explained how it will work and how it will reach such a mind-bending range, but it seems confident that the gun will work as planned. A committee formed by the National Academies of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine is currently taking a look at the technology to determine its feasibility, and the services plans to test a prototype in 2023. The Army envisions the SLRC as a towed gun pulled by a heavy truck. Okay, now that's what you would need first, but they're going to explain why that's not always feasible and why we would need to have battleships again. Using its range to blast a hole in enemy air and sea defenses big enough for U.S. forces to squeeze through. SLRC faces limitations as a wholly land-based system. 
the army would need to gather permission from countries such as the Philippines or Germany or Norway or Japan to locate the weapon on their soil. That could be problematic. And as a truck-based weapon, it would be restricted to paved roads. Just getting the gun to the battlefield would require nearby airfields, secure airspace, and enough Air Force transports to lug the big guns around. The U.S. Army's largest existing gun, the self-propelled M109A7 Paladin, has a maximum range of about 19 miles. A single ship could carry the entire four-gun battery the Army envisioned deploying the SLRC abroad, plus shells to keep the guns firing. A warship could relocate the guns at sea without having to ask for permission, and would be more difficult for enemy forces to target. It would also have greater flexibility, deploying into areas where local allies might not be willing to host big guns. All makes sense to me. I love that kind of stuff. Mail online. Paperclip-sized brain. Is that talking about me? Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. Paperclip-sized brain chip is deemed life-altering after paralyzed patients use it to control a computer with their mind, beating Elon Musk's Neuralink to the first human trials. So he's out there promoting this stuff and showing how great he is, and these people were quietly working and not announcing it, and they beat him to it. CA-based uh, Synchron announced results of human brain chip trials. Stentrode brain computer interface was implanted into two elderly men, both men are suffering with upper limb paralysis that inhibits their movements. Patients achieved an average click accuracy of 92 to 93%. That's amazing. They also showed typing speeds of 14 and 20 characters per minute. I remember that in high school. Hands on home row, eyes on copy, begin, right? And then I went through that again in the U.S. Air Force, and I typed for nine years, four months, and 15 days. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so here we go. The device is connected to sensors placed in the brain's blood vessels. Brain activity travels through the sensors to a telemetry unit. A computer is taped to the patient's chest that receives the signals, which interprets the data and commands for a nearby PC. Amazing. Revelation plagues. New York Post. Study finds over 80% of COVID-19 patients vitamin D deficient. I said this before. Here it is again with another study. Listen carefully. It's the only thing I've ever recommended that you take, and it proves that it's correct. More than 80% of 200 patients hospitalized in Spain with COVID-19 had low levels of vitamin D. Researchers at the University of Cantabria determined that just 82% of the 216 patients had inadequate levels compared to around 47% of people in a control group who didn't have the virus. The vitamin which promotes healthy bones and supports the immune system function is produced by the body naturally when it's exposed to sunlight, though it can be also obtained from eating foods such as fatty fish, which I don't like fish, and egg yolks, which are okay, mushrooms, which I love, and cheese, which is nummy. Patients with deficiencies of the sunlight vitamin in the study were also more likely to have hypertension and heart disease, as well as experience longer hospital stays. Researchers, however, didn't find any link between vitamin D deficiency and the severity of the illness, with no significantly higher rates of ICU admission, ventilator use, or death among those with inadequate levels of the sunshine vitamin. So there you go. Vitamin D, it's you know, not a cure-all, but it is 82% of the people that had COVID-19 had low vitamin D levels. Thank you. So there you go with that. From the Epic Times, 
Texas's Abbott rated the best governor on economy and COVID response. Good job. The governors of Texas, Georgia, and South Dakota rank highest in the nation based on economic policy, performance, and management of the COVID-19 health crisis. Fox, Boris Johnson, who ought to be taken out and pummeled, I guess. I don't know. Boris Johnson announces month-long national lockdown of England. The lockdown will last five weeks, ending on December 2nd. Weasel zippers. New CDC data, survival rate for COVID-19 is... Now, I said this last week, and I gave the wrong stats for people over 70. So I, that's why I'm reading this again th this week. I, I have it here. I just did it off the top of my head, which isn't a very good head last week. So here you go. New CDC data. Survival rate for COVID-19 is 99.99% unless you're 70 or over. I said it was 99.4%. That was wrong. It's 94.6%. I got my four and a couple things wrong. I actually think last week I said 97.4, but whatever it was, it was wrong. It's 94.6% if you're over 70. And if you're over 70, you're pretty close to that chance of dying within the next how many years anyway so and i'm not trying to say that negative for the people that are that old i'm saying that there is a life age that people have and then your life ends we were talking about that before class ron and i there's a certain age that people get to and then you die and the people that go above that age just happen to be blessed okay that's even what the bible says uh what is it i'm going to prove that i know what i'm talking about we're going to go to psalm 90 we're going to go to psalm 90 Okay, this is, who wrote Psalm 90 before I read this? Moses, and thus it is the oldest psalm in the Bible. And it says there, let me see if I can find this very quickly for you. So, uh, yes, the days of our lives are 70 years. So there you go. I mean, this is just in accord with the Word of God that I'm reading, and the joke I'm making is just in accord with the Word of God. Okay, so here we go. Um, the days of our lives are 70 years, and if by reason of strength... They are eight years, yet their boast is only labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. So there you go. I mean, there's nothing unhealthy about what I said, and Linda took offense at me. She was, she was scowling at me. But listen, if you are over 70, you're blessed. That's what the Bible says. If you're at 80, how much more blessed are you? So don't worry about that, and I'm getting there really quickly. So, yes? I got hit in the head yesterday. That's right. So I have an excuse for any damaging thing I say to all of you today. Actually, it wasn't yesterday. It was a night and a half ago. It was really bad, too. I'm t and my head right now is ringing like a bell. It, it, that's all I have in my head right now. It's just constant ringing. Okay, um, here we go. Mail online. Massachusetts announces strict new lockdown rules. Governor orders state curfew from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. amid a spike in COVID-19. Mail online. Cuomo delays 50% capacity indoor dining in New York City, blaming a spike in COVID-19 cases, even though the death rate is steady, and Manhattan has a lower infection rate than much of upstate. Nobody's there. Yeah, nobody's there. Morality today, Zero Hedge, U.S. State Department halts all diversity training after Trump's executive order. Now, what's the matter with that, right? Why wouldn't somebody vote for this man? Beginning Friday, October 23rd, which is a week and a half ago, 2020, the department is temporarily pausing all training programs related to diversity and inclusion in accord with an executive order on combating race and sex stereotyping, the cable said. The pause will allow time for the department and Office of Personnel Management to review program content. 
Reuters said the order comes nearly two months after a White House Office of Management and Budgets memo advised federal agencies that taxpayer dollars were no longer allowed to fund un-American propaganda sessions. That taught critical race theory, white privilege, and or taught that the U.S. is an inherently racist or evil country. Trump signed the executive order suspending the diversity training program on September 22nd. The order forbids any teaching by federal agencies of divisive concepts, implying that the U.S. is fundamentally racist or sexist. I love our president. If he gets, I hope, I hope that when he gets out, he decides to take the beast instead of Air Force One and drive all the way down. And I hope people will line up all the way from Washington, D.C. down to Fort Lauderdale saluting that man. Our other category, Zero Hedge. Costco drops coconut milk products over allegations of forced monkey labor. We had that in England, and then people in America started to do it, and now guess what? They're doing it at Costco. Yeah, you know what? These monkeys have great lives. They go out and they pick coconuts. They get treated better than most humans do in many countries. What's so tough about picking coconuts? I used to do it all the time. I don't go up there anymore, but I still go up there if the trees are low. If they're up 45 feet, I don't go up there anymore. But I can shimmy right up a coconut tree. I could go all the way to the top today, but I don't do it anymore just because I don't want to fall. I'm, I've learned a little bit growing older. So that a 50-foot fall is, you know, it's... Now you just walk into doors. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, now I just walk into doors. That's right. Okay. Um, in the last few months, Walgreens, Food Lion, Giant Food, and Stop and Shop halted coconut milk products from Thailand suppliers accused by PETA of using monkeys as forced labor. PETA shows another Western retailer, that being Costco, will no longer carry coconut milk products from major Thailand-based coconut milk producer Chaoka, I guess is how you pronounce it, until the company ends the use of chained monkeys to pick coconuts. Okay, guess what they're going to do? They don't have somebody to climb the trees, and they don't they can't afford those pickers, so they're going to send their kids up there. That's all that's going to happen. Mark my word. Oh, yeah, that, that's what will happen. Zero hedge. Scottish hate crime bill would criminalize offensive dinner table conversations. I brought this up three or four times, and they're picking this bill apart and telling you what's wrong with it. Listen to this. Scotland's new odious hate crime bill would go so far as to criminalize dinner table conversations if their offensive content is reported to police. Okay, conversations over the dinner table that incite hatred must be prosecuted under Scotland's hate crime law. Such conversations were previously protected under the Public Order Act in 1986, which includes a dwelling defense that shields conversations that take place in private homes from being prosecuted. However, that would be removed under the new law. The new bill would add an additional crime of stirring up hate against a protected group by behaving in a threatening or abusive manner or communicating threatening or abusive material to another person, as well as the crime of possessing inflammatory material. Critics have argued that the vague term stirring up hate could be broadly interpreted what I've said during this update could be. I guarantee it. Absolutely. So um, could be interpreted and could lead people like J.K. Rowling facing criminal charges and up to seven years in prison for expressing views about transgender issues. It also has dire implications for comedy and freedom of speech, given that, oh, Mel Brooks would be in jail for the rest of eternity, you know, given that anyone could choose to take offense to anything and complain that they have experienced hate. Justice Secretary Hamza Yousaf said journalists, writers, and theater directors could also be dragged into the courts if their work is deemed to have stirred up prejudice. So much for Monty Python. To get an idea of Yousaf's mentality, 
He previously gave a speech to the Scottish Parliament in which he complained that the vast majority of senior positions in Scottish authorities were filled by white people. Demographically, Scotland is 96% white. So who do you fill it with? Zero hedge. UK allows migrant posing as child into school. We had this a couple years ago. Well, this is even worse. When an asylum seeker arrives in the United Kingdom without a passport or birth certificate, the policy is to give him the benefit of the doubt. That's how a balding man from Gambia, who looks about 40 years old, ended up in a UK high school. The man claims to be 15 years old, which qualifies him for extra government support as an accompanied minor. Naturally, he is not required to prove his claim of being 15. The government merely accepts his word, even though he clearly, clearly looks much older. When one schoolgirl shared the picture of the man on social media, questioning his age, the school called her a bully. <laughs> Oregon Live. Lawsuit alleges disabled persons' rights being violated by local federal police using riot control agents. So if you're disabled, you have rights to riot, is what they're trying to say. A lawsuit filed in federal court accuses Portland police, Multnomah County Sheriff's deputies, state police, and federal officers of violating the rights of people with disabilities through aggressive police responses to racial injustice protests in the city. The advocacy group Disability Rights Oregon and four named defendants allege the local, state, and federal law enforcement agencies have used excessive force, chilled their free speech, and violated the Americans with Disabilities Act by not making accommodations for people who are deaf, blind, have mobility restrictions, or suffer from seizures. So if they're out there rioting, now they, get, they have disability rights to riot. Zero Hedge. NBA braces for record 40% drop in revenue in 2021 season. Okay, I've got a lesser here for you. It's not on an article. It's a little different than normal, but uh, this is what Les has come up with. Of the world, Charlie keeps you abreast. That's real good if you need time to rest. Who's got ear? Let him hear. It's perfectly clear. Study God's word is Charlie's behest. That's going back to the guy that is falling asleep during the Genesis sermons. Thank you. I, I appreciate his email very much. It, was, it made me laugh. I just thought that was so funny the way he said it because, yes, I can bore to death a stone. Um, let's see here. Irony. This is kind of an irony, but once again, it's not real short. You have to kind of have the picture of it. From the AP, Lon Robot in Germany messages owner for help, foils thief. A lawnmower robot's electronic cries for help foiled a thief's plan to make off with the grass-cutting automaton. German police said that a homeowner in the western town of Lipstadt was surprised with a smartphone message from the robot that it had flipped upside down. When he went outside to the lawn to check on the device, he spotted a thief with the robot tucked under his arm. Caught in the act, the thief dropped the robot and fled. That's pretty good. Such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is a Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week.